0: Thank you. Thank you, everyone. It's good to see you this morning. I'm so excited to be here and so excited to be able to present this this message. Great, fantastic message. And the very church that I would like to be in is the Philadelphia Church. Because it's a great church and it's one that, uh, that, that God and Jesus said very much about it in a way of positive things. So, today, we have been, well, we have been looking at the seven churches uh, in Revelation. And, uh, as we look at those, then they are representations of all of the churches throughout the ages, both past, present, and future. And for, uh, for just a moment, I've included uh, some of the, uh, all of the churches and a little snippet of what God had, had uh, mentioned to them about their main theme. So if you would get a pen, get a pen because it's very important. Uh, this is very good for your reference and my reference. Uh, each one of these churches, it's, a, it's just a small reader's digest of uh, exactly what God said about them so uh, I know we're studying all the churches right now but in years to come you'll be able to refer back to this and, uh, and, and see quickly just what God had said about them well let's go first of all is Ephesus Ephesus the steadfast church Smyrna the persecuted church, Pergamum, the morally compromising church, Sardis, the counterfeit church, Philadelphia, the the obedient church, and Laodicea, the materialistic church. Now, today we're looking at Philadelphia. Philadelphia, the church at Philadelphia, which is the city of. Oh my goodness. Okay, today we're looking at Philadelphia, which is the city of. Thank you very much. This is perfect timing, you all, because uh, the Eagles won the Super Bowl, which. That's not where it is. But anyway, they won the Super Bowl. And also, Wednesday is Valentine's Day. And uh, Philadelphia is, of course, no longer the name today. But it is located in the, the city or the town of Alassahur, Alassagher. Alassahur, Turkey. And uh, Hanani, I hope that that's pronounced right. I'm not sure. Alassagher. Alasihar, Turkey, where sadly enough, we know that there's only 4% Christian there. If we look uh, on the coastline, or if we look at the six churches uh, down the coastline uh, of the Aegean Sea, then Philadelphia is on land about 30 miles east of Sardis. And it was called the gateway to the east. Nasia. Now, it was the gateway to the east, but as I look there on a map of Paul's missionary journeys, and you can see all that, Philadelphia is set apart. It's set apart. Both figuratively and literally, as we will see. As we will see, the, the love, the the humility that Philadelphia had fostered, fostered obedience to God, which sealed them. It sealed them for their salvation, and it sealed them for eternal life. So let's read together. Uh, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7. Now, I would prefer that you take a Bible and turn and read there together so you can have it open. But you also can read it on the screen. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, significant, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. Now, Jesus makes it very clear to the Philadelphians and assures them that He is holy. He assures them that He is God. And also, He is is referring to the liars of the synagogue of Satan, which we'll read in just a moment. He's referring to them that they are liars. He is true. So we see that Jesus says in the very first line, he is holy, he's holy God, and he is true. Next he says, he alone, this is very important, he alone holds the keys. He is the line of David. He is the Davidic Messiah. He is the Davidic Messiah. He holds the keys, which tells us that no one else, absolutely no one else holds the keys to the kingdom of God. He is the Davidic Messiah. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And listen, if anyone tries to tell you otherwise, then they are going against what our Bible says. If you believe the Bible, then you should believe that Jesus is the only road. He is the only road. He is the only road to the kingdom of heaven. He is is the way, the truth, and the life. Now let's look at verse 8. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength or power, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Now Jesus has opened the door to their salvation and maybe he is opening the door to allow them to to witness even more. But for certain, he has opened that door showing them that they are sealed for salvation and eternal life. Now he, he says this, a little strength. A little strength or a little power. Now that could mean small in number, little strength, small in number. But I believe, as what the Bible has said uh, throughout the ages and what it says to us right now, that when we are weak, Jesus makes us strong. When we are weak, Jesus makes us strong. When we humble ourselves, then Jesus Makes us strong. Let's continue on. Verse 9. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Now the synagogue of Satan comprised It comprised of bloodline Jews who had veered away from God's promise because of their evil ways. And Jesus had labeled them. He labeled them. He said, you are liars. And also, because you're liars, you no longer are Jews and without the promise, without the promise of Abraham. Abraham, who was declared righteous. He was declared righteous because of his faith in God. Well, Jesus labeled them, and now he is looking to the Philadelphian church and saying that this is not you, and you have stood firm and you have kept my word." Verse 10. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on earth. Now, Jesus is saying, as you keep my word, as you stand firm in honoring and worshiping my name, keep my word and stand firm then I will give you strength during trials and I will protect you in my wrath. I will give you strength during trials and I will protect you during my wrath. As God protected the Israelites in Egypt, so will he protect those who endure patiently. Well, James tells us a little bit about trials in in, uh, chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials. Trials uh, is the same Greek word as in Revelation. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, consider it pure joy because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be, what? Mature and complete, not lacking anything. And then in verse 12, he says this, Blessed is the man who endures and perseveres under trial. Same Greek word as in Revelation. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Now, as we look back in Revelation and look at the church of Smyrna, Jesus said to to him in verse 9, I know your afflictions... And your poverty. Yet you're rich. And then in verse 10 he says. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. And you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Now look at verse 11 of Revelation chapter 3. We're going on. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which is coming down out of heaven from my God and I will also write on him my new name he who has a spirit, has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Now, Jesus is saying this hold on, overcome, persevere, endure, stand firm for God. And when you do that, then the open door that is open and sealed for your salvation and eternity, which you already have, will be enhanced by the rewards resulting in a crown and also a distinguished name, a higher place in the kingdom, and it's, as it says in Laodicea, the right to sit on the throne with Jesus. The right to sit on the throne with Jesus. Christians stand firm. Christians, hold on. Overcome, Persevere we're living in a society where we need to press on we're living living in a society that needs to see us acting like Jesus now look back in in the in verse 8 which i feel is the heart of the passage because it has two it has two things that Jesus loves them about and that is in verse Eight. I have placed before you an open door and I know that you have little strength yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. And this is why that the Philadelphia church was such a special church in the eyes of the Lord. It takes a big Christian takes a big person who is seeking the truth, seeking Jesus, to swallow their pride and to realize their, their inability to be able to cope through the pressures of life which most of the time is brought on by selfishness. Pride and selfishness when we come before God, when we humble ourselves before God, then that fruit of the Spirit that is given to each and every Christian, each and every person that has asked Christ into their heart and into their life, will begin to take meaning. That's when this new life That's when this born-again life develops and matures. Love with all its virtues of the fruit of the Spirit. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of these are the fruit of the Spirit. When we humble our lives, when we stand firm with our lives, what takes place? is the fruit of the Spirit takes root in our lives. And then it fosters the love and the honor to God. It then fosters love and respect to those around us. And it fosters obedience to God. And I think Philadelphia had a bunch of it. When in humility, we throw in the towel. When in humility, we just throw in the towel and we realize our weakness, then God works unbelievable, unbelievable things in our life. He even acts. He even acts in supernatural ways in our lives when we humble ourselves and realize that He is God. Ken Henson says this and gives some examples. He says, The voice of once atheist C.S. Lewis says, I pray because I cannot help myself. I I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. Now here is a genius philosopher who once was an atheist, and he said this. He said, I'm going to give this a chance. He said, I'm going to objectively, I'm going to objectively Read this word. I'm going to zero in on Jesus and, and what He says He is and what He's all about. And what came out was C.S. Lewis asked Christ into his heart and life. Amen and amen. And what a wonderful, wonderful witness C.S. Lewis was uh, over the years and the, the wonderful books that he has written because I challenge any person, any person who objectively reads this word, he will be just like C.S. Lewis. He will see that Jesus is who he says he is. He will see that Jesus is Lord he will see that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. And he will see Jesus as holy God. Holy God. I challenge anybody. Nick Vujicic. Nick Vujicic. Now I want you to write that down, okay? I want you to write it down. V, as in very, V U J I. C.I.C., And the reason I want you to do that is because I want you to Google his name. Don't Google it now. Okay. Uh, but write that down, and after you go to lunch uh, this afternoon, and after you eat, and after you sit in your special chair and digest your food, I want you to Google Nick Vujicic, V-U-J-I-C-I-C. One of, the, one of the most inspirational things I have ever experienced, truly. And he has various uh, videos that you can look. He was born without arms or legs. He has a little appendage right at the bottom of his, of his body that probably keeps him balanced is the only thing I could think of. This man has preached to millions of people in all over the world many countries this man tells about the love of Jesus and he stands there with a with no legs and he goes what's your excuse what's your excuse he stands there with with no legs, and he says, when you are weak, Jesus will make you strong. But only when you're weak. Only when you see your weakness will Jesus make you strong. David was a king. He was a billionaire. He would be a billionaire today with what he had back then. This man was loved, he was respected, and he was famous. Yet, he was quick to say, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit. You can't get much worse than that. He lifted me out of the slimy pit out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock, gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our Lord. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. And David says this, Yet I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You, God, are my help and my deliverer. Oh, my God. Do not delay. And then Ken Henson continues to share what he feels all of us feel. We never know how the tremendous life-changing power of God in and through our lives... Until we realize, we realize the severe, severe poverty of our spirit and our strength. We will never know the tremendous life changing power of God in and through our lives until we realize the severe poverty of our spirit and strength. Jesus is our strength. And when, He says, I view Myself in the mirror of greatness, I realize how weak and frail, how temporary, how silly, how helpless, how slow, how poor, how needy I am." And then he says, "O oh Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder, Consider all the worlds Thy hands have made. I see the stars and hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee. How great Thou art! How great Thou art! Then sings my soul, My Savior God to Thee. How great Thou art. How great Thou art. How great, how great is our God. How great. Let's pray together. Dear Father, we humble ourselves to you today as we see in this wonderful church of Philadelphia how they put you first in their lives, how they realized their weakness, and Father, how you... Crown them with glory and with honor because they put their trust in you. Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us today put our trust. Christians, we pray, Lord, those that have just gone away, veered off a little bit, Lord, I pray that you would bring them back, humble them, so that you can work mighty things within them lord those who are seeking the truth seeking you i pray that the seed that has been planted today that they would realize that you are god and that you are the only way the truth and the life in jesus name amen let's stand together and we'll sing an invitation hymn if anyone needs to make a decision you may want to come and just pray at the altar you may want to just uh, come and share you may want to give your life to Christ for the very first time and we can help you in all those ways if you so choose let's sing together